0: And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so did I have David Gardner on the line. He's the founder and CEO over at Colorjar, which is a brand strategy design firm. And he's also the host of the podcast, The Big Jump.
1: David, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, Adam. It's great to be with you.
0: So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Color Jar and also your podcast, The Big Jump. Always love to recommend um, great podcasters out there and great content. Um, But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how would you get started uh, in business and as an entrepreneur?
1: I look at my story as a a series of reinventions and my entrepreneurial journey uh, as a series of reinventions. And it's definitely been a winding path with a, a lot of ups, but also definitely a lot of downs. Um, and so I kind of look at life as something where change happens to all of us, and at various inflection points, we're sort of asked these questions of how do we want to respond? And I think I've often found myself responding with taking some big risks and making some big leaps. Um, so I, I grew up in Minnesota, and I think that's really where my entrepreneurial mindset first started to be formed. And it was actually formed through sports. And so I went to a big public high school that had a nationally ranked basketball program. If you sort of think about like Friday Night Lights of Midwestern basketball, that was us, Mm -hmm. Hopkins High School. And, um, you know, when I was in eighth grade, my big dream was to just play on the varsity basketball team. Um, And I'd made the, the A team in seventh grade. I was really excited about that. But in eighth grade, I made the B team. And I was so disappointed. I got the call from the coach. I came crying into my parents' room and told them, And that was when I decided and made a choice that I'm going to do everything in within my power to never make a B team again. And I learned something from uh, the coach, and this kind of relates back to that entrepreneurial mindset, And I think for me, what the underpinnings of it is. And he said, hey, don't worry about how you stack up next to people today. The secret is if you work just a little bit harder than that guy who's in first place today, you're going to make up a little bit of ground on them. And if you stack enough of those productive days on top of one another where you're just gaining a little ground a little ground, eventually you'll come out in the end. And so I think that was like really my first entrepreneurial lesson about hard work and resiliency, uh, which today I still think is is the key for me and the key to a lot of the the successful entrepreneurs I see. And so that's where that got started for me uh, was through sports. And I was eventually able to make the varsity team and um, became a highly recruited uh, high school player. And I decided to go play out on the East Coast uh, for Dartmouth. And so that was a big reinvention, going from a big public school in Minnesota out to the East Coast with a bunch of, you know, East Coast prep school kids who seemed like they already knew how to do college before we even got there. I was trying to figure out, like, what a syllabus was. Um, And so that was a big learning curve adjustment um, adjustment for me um, and then in college is where I, I truly did my first startup um, a classmate of mine and I um, and, and a few others we created um, an organization it was a positive news organization where we became basically the PR hub student driven uh, for the college so this was in 2003 in a pre-Facebook world pre-YouTube world. Google wasn't even a publicly traded company yet. It's hard to think about that time, but we basically started uh, uh, aggregating positive news stories that were happening in our community, uh, professors, students, um, staff members. And we quickly started outpacing the college's professional PR office. I said, wow, this is pretty cool. Wow. I think we're on something here. Um, and that's really when the entrepreneurial uh, bug bit me. We decided to uh, invent a, a, a political poll was a part of this effort. Um, so we thought, well, there's you know, we're off in New Hampshire, sort of in the woods. People don't think about us too often. What can we do to get the college's name out there more? That well, once every four years, New Hampshire becomes a really big deal for presidential primaries. Why don't we invent the Dartmouth poll? That sort of sounds like it's a thing. And so we figured out how to do that. We bought a registered voters list. We rented a phone bank. We started making all these phone calls uh, until we had a big enough sample size where our results were statistically meaningful. And a few days later, um, you know, major news publications were saying, according to the Dartmouth poll, da, 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 da. And I was like, man, this is too (laughs) cool. Like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I liked this intersection of, Of branding and digital, and I just thought it was a super exciting thing. So, while I was balancing academics and being a Division I basketball player, I was the captain of our team and an all Ivy League player. I was also doing this startup, and I did well enough in basketball that I was able to continue on. So, I was working out with the Minnesota Timberwolves in the offseason at their training facility informally. And I eventually signed with an agent. So I got to skip all the corporate recruiting stuff. And I I signed a a pro contract with a team in in Germany playing in the FIBA League. And, um, so I, I, you know, I was there, I did that. But in the back of my mind, I was still thinking about how much fun I had doing the startup. And I had fun playing basketball too. I loved that. I worked very, very hard at it. The major sort of first chapter of life for me was being a basketball player. Uh, And I think that's where I honed a lot of my mindset that I'm now applying as an entrepreneur. Um, So I stopped playing basketball to do a startup. Uh, One of the guys that I did the positive news startup with, we had the idea to create the Facebook of India. That's what we hoped to do, is build a social network that would become the Facebook of India. So we moved to India sight unseen with an MVP, a prototype of a social networking website. And we went out and we just started going door to door, knocking on people's dorm room doors once we had showed up at a college campus, getting our first 5,000 users. A year later, we failed. Google, it turned out, had the same pursuit. (laughs) They did a little bit better than we did. And so (laughs) at the end of a year, I'd learned a lot, but we knew that we were not going to be sort of the winner-take-all social network that we hoped we'd be. And so I was broke and I needed a job. And so I moved to Chicago to be part of a turnaround team at an e-commerce company and started my current firm, Colorjar, on the side with a few kind of freelancing clients moonlighting, doing brand strategy and design. In the wake of 08, the company that I was working for started to struggle and basically laid off the whole company. So I was then found myself laid off in you know, the re- middle of the recession, and that was the push out of the nest that I needed to say, wow, this color jar thing, I really love this. It was a fun side thing. It was going pretty well. I wonder what would happen with a full-time effort. Um, and so that kind of gets me into the current chapter I'm in now.
0: That's awesome. So um,
1: so so that being said, I mean
0: definitely a lot of ups and downs and sideways and everything in between. I, lo- I love I love um, I love your I love your journey because it has a lot of twists um, and a lot of learning moments. If you were to if you could go back and tell that David that was just getting started all over again again with the benefit of hindsight, right, being 2020, mm-hmm. um, give him some advice.
1: What kind of things would you tell him? I think one is just to keep uh, following his curiosity. Um, I'm a big believer in paying attention to ourselves and trying to focus less on what we think we should be doing or what the world is telling us to do or what gets celebrated in the media. And instead, just paying attention to ourselves and our own curiosity. I think that's a really good starting point um, for anyone, whether you want to have a more traditional corporate or, uh, corporate career or whether you want to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think a lot of us get caught up in trying to find our passion or, you know, the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life and that puts so much pressure onto it. And yeah, the, the story that I've lived so far has been a winding path. It has been a lot of ups and downs. But the, the through line for me is that at each step along the way, I would say that I was Following my curiosity and also going for it and taking a risk and thinking, well, the worst thing that can happen is I, I kind of fall flat and I get back up, dust myself off, and try the next thing. Um, so I think I stay focused on that. I think there were a few times during that journey where I did get caught up in, you know, what I thought I was supposed to be doing or, you know, what I was what I was chasing or what would get celebrated. I think for a while I. I didn't understand what type of, of business I wanted to be, big venture funded, you know, hit the home run, try to start a massive company versus starting something that was meant to be more of a boutique company, which is now how I think about um, my brand strategy and design firm, Colorjar. And um, so, yeah, those are kind of some of the lessons is I think for the most part, I've done well when I focus in on myself and listen to my own instincts and follow my own curiosity.
0: That's awesome. Uh, and, a, and a great transition. Let's get more into color jar. So tell
1: me about the firm. Sure. So we are a brand strategy and design firm and started it uh, 10 years ago, or 10 years ago was the push out of the nest. Um, <laughs> and so I'm really excited to be uh, celebrating the 10-year the anniversary of that this summer. That's awesome. Congratulations. And That's th- amazing. It's an accomplishment. Thank you. It is, it is. Thank you, I, I appreciate it. I'm trying to do my best to kind of to soak it in and, and really appreciate um, what that means. And so we have a, a focus of, um, of, of doing brand strategy and design. We start working with companies at key moments of change. So, you know, the theme for my life really and my, my professional life is reinvention. And so we work with companies, they are at this moment where they need a reinvention a brand refresh or a redesign or a rebrand. And um, that's where we come in. We help them at really the foundational level to define the timeless elements of their brand. So their positioning, how they fit into the world, right? Like what's their remarkable ability? Who's the audience that they're going to to serve and attract? What's their competitive landscape look like? How do they find a piece of turf that they can claim and own and defend? Looking at the company's purpose, their mission, vision, and values, looking at their their brand's personality. How do they come across to folks? So that's all the brand strategy part. And then we bring that to life through design. And so designing both visually and verbally. So visually, logos, um, colors, uh, imagery direction, all, all, all that you see from a brand. And then verbal design, all that you hear from a brand. So kind of the key messages and communications. And then our ongoing relationship with clients is that of the brand guardian. So we watch over it, we help it grow, we make sure it's in alignment. Uh, All the different departments, people usually hear brand and think about marketing, that's a piece of it, but your brand has a lot to do with human resources um, and your people and your internal culture as well. And so we're able to sort of as the brand guardian to take a holistic view of the company, figure out where the brand is showing up and how it should be showing up. So that's a bit what we do. We have a specialty working with brands that revolve around a guest experience. So if you think about hospitality, like restaurants and hotels, if you think about real estate, apartment buildings, office buildings, destinations, um, venues, uh, that's really what we specialize in. That's about 80% of our business. And then the other 20% is a collection of high growth startups, nonprofits, and other things that keep it fresh and interesting for us.
0: That's awesome. Uh,
1: Tell tell me, let's get into
0: the podcast. Tell me more about the big dump. Um, Looks looks super interesting.
1: Thank you. Yes, we're um, just finishing the release of season two, and it's a career reinvention podcast. And in every episode, I interview a professional athlete who's created success outside of their sport. So telling these transition stories of people who have an identity that's been highly reinforced by the world and, and you know through themselves from a very young age. And then also at a young age, call it plus or minus 30, the pro sports career comes to an end. And now they're staring at the rest of their lives thinking, now what? And so that's what this podcast gets into. It gets into the human side of how they go from pro athlete to making the big jump. Into the rest of their life. And so I interview a wide range of male and female pro athletes from Hall of Famer Julie Foudy, who's part of the iconic 99 World Cup team, who now started a women's leadership academy, is also an author, um, from NFL players who are now startup investors and entrepreneurs, from gold medal winning Olympic athletes who are now doctors. It's a wide range of incredible reinventions that these pro athletes have made. That's awesome.
0: Uh, so, David, if somebody wants more information on Color Jar or to follow up about the podcast or anything else, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Sure. Thanks for asking that. I appreciate it. The uh, Big Jump is available on Apple, Spotify, really anywhere uh, you get your podcast. Um, and Color Jar is colorjar.com, C-O-L-O-R-J-A-R.com. And I'm best found and most active on Instagram at David underscore Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R.
0: Fantastic. Well, hey, David, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing more about your background and Color Jar and all the great work. I mean, great podcast, by the way. What a freaking interesting topic and great transition. So everybody go definitely listen to that. It's a big jump. And and I, and I and the funny thing is, you, I know you have a very specific interview process of, of, um, of athletes, but it's pretty obvious that anybody listening to that that's in transition or considering transitioning from however they've been labeled, whether it's corporate, you're an advisor, you're a lawyer, you're whatever you are, and you're, and you're thinking about transition. I All the lessons are going to be the same, and it's really cool. Um, so thank you for sharing that, David, and putting out that great work. Um, to the audience, as always, uh, really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, don't forget to, uh, if you like this and you got a lot of value out of it, which I hope you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, David, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Congrats on
1: all your success.